All right, it's the Chance of Gaming Podcast. It's episode 84, which was a really cool year. That was the year um, I turned eight and Transformers came out. So, and G.I. Joe. So, I mean, like, holy shit, that was like one of the best fucking years ever was 1984. So, and, but I had no idea that it was like this big scary book until later. So, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I am a, character uh played by adam and uh with me always is richard and roy hey everyone (laughs) this is rich welcome back hello i'm roy and i'm full of tequila and beer (laughs) that's the best way to be i don't know i don't tequila's too sour for me that's that's just one I, i i can't go to so i'm i'm for spring break i'm going to texas I want to try some mezcal. Have you guys ever tried mezcal? It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the unholy marriage of, of tequila and scotch. I think mm. I had it when I was in college. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's uh, I'm on almost positive. Uh, Van Halen had their had their own like mezcal thing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Sam, Sammy Hagar has the what Cabo Wabo. Yeah, this that's it. Brand of tequila. Yeah. I'm sorry, Van Hagar. Van Hagar, my, my bad. So the, yeah, emails are being crafted right now. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, but anyway, oh, I really, sorry, I really, sorry. I was just gonna say, I really wasn't into that band that much, you know, other than like you know, Jump. Which oh my god, yep. did did yep. that come? Did that come out in 1984? Hold on, oh. let's see. So yeah, that was not Van Hagar. That was the David Lee Roth product. Oh yeah! Oh yes, yes. Uh, the album Van Halen came out in 1984. Look at this! How laser focused we are onto this episode. Yes, jump. Okay, well, according so according to a plan. Uh, that came out, you know, and that was cool. And you know, I just wasn't that into the band outside of that. So like later on, at what I think it was in the 90s, for unlawful carnal knowledge came out, and mm-hmm. it had Sammy Hagar singing with them. I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, yay, this sounds cool. I, I love Pound Cake, you know, and all the other songs on there, but I don't know. But damn, some people fight you over that. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, wow, we haven't talked in a long time since, yes, yeah, almost been a month. It's I mean, been about a month, yeah. Yeah, stuff happens. It was, that, the other. this is our, our post invasion um, uh, podcast, post invasion episode. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I was feeling kind of bummed out about all that, so I was not really interested in like talking about war games. You know, I, the, to me, the strangest thing is, you you know, in our lifetime, uh, there's going to be a game about like what's going on in the Ukraine right now, whether mm-hmm. it's next yeah. war Ukraine or if it it's something along the lines of like Brave Little Belgium. It, it, People have be been gamified. asking Mitch about that game though, and he's not going to be making next war ukraine i'm pretty sure uh i mean yeah i mean if i was him i wouldn't either you yeah. know it's it's like you, that's not something you just want to jump on and try to capitalize on or, or whatever but it, it is weird though it is so very very weird that yeah i don't know it's it's like you know just ah, it that it, it, this big event that you can, I mean, I, I mean, there's like you playing ASL and whatnot, 
it was like my grandfather was in World War II, you know, but yep. so it, it's like, you know, what is that, like two generations, you know, far from me to see it. it it's just something I see on TV. It's like a movie or something like it's not real. And yeah. then, yeah, you turn around and yeah, it's, you know, this is real. This is the thing. And yeah. Uh, so there is a yeah. game called This War of Mine. Are you guys mm-hmm. familiar with that? Oh, yes, yes. I, yeah. I linked it in our show notes there. Um, that's kind of about being a civilian in a beleaguered city. So, I mean, it's, and, I, and as I recall, I think that the, the Kickstarter for this game, that their, uh, their remaining copies are selling for um, uh, to go to Ukraine. Now, okay, so you're talking about the board game, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, before it was a board game, it was a video game. Right. And okay. that's that's where I know it. And it's more or less based on like uh, Sarajevo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I played it. It's like really, really dark, you know, because it is just some. You've got to go group. scavenge for supplies. And at some point you have to decide whether you want to murder someone to take his band-aids and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow. Mm. Grim, uh, grim choices for sure. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, that was the whole thing, you know, the the way they did it. He, the I believe the author was like, well, you know, I lived through this, so I just want to share my experience, let you guys know mm-hmm. how things were. Anyway, uh, so I mean, uh, uh, we have a Patreon that you can, I think, do stuff for like, you know, follow along, contribute for like three dollars or something, two three dollars. Link in the show notes. Uh, Siege of Vicksburg is still going in october of this year and uh yeah i went to coast con which is mississippi's oldest geeky convention and had an interesting experience um before i get into that it was really neat uh my friend and i went into the archives that they have which is basically binders full of photos from the years that they've you know, that they existed. And so I went in, you know, like looking for myself in the background somewhere. And it was just really neat to see how things were. You know, there was not a lot of cosplay back in the day. And uh, the, oh yeah, the one of the biggest thing is like, um, there was no photography or videography allowed in the dealer room. Really? Yes. And that's because there were lots of dealers selling bootleg items. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, there was always like the tape guy, you know, the guy that had like bootleg Godzilla tapes, any foreign movie. And this was like the only way you could see it. And I used to have such a huge collection of like old horror movies, Japanese horror movies and stuff like that. And they would. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I guess that, too. You could you could bootleg anime and whatnot there. You know, that was like a thing. Uh And so, yeah, uh, but it was really neat. Just to kind of see people. I did see people I knew. And I was like, dang, wow, that was like 100 years ago. And what, you know, I know I know how you look now. And yeah, that was back when you were young and had all your hair and it was all black. And yeah, so eh, anyway. So uh, I ran into a little bit of an issue. I to promote uh, Siege of Vicksburg, I was the tournament organizer for a bolt action um uh tournament there 
I had a really good turnout. It was like 11, 12 guys, but I ran into a problem and the problem was a person. And yeah, it has been a very, very long time since I've kind of had this issue. I swear back into like third or fourth edition Warhammer 40,000. And I really, it took me by surprise because it was somebody I sort of knew. He came to see to Vicksburg last year. No problems. Great guy. Uh, I even ran into him the night before he was playing that night. No problems. Great guy. Mm -hmm. But uh, when it came time for the tournament, he kind of changed. And for one thing, like uh, he, I mean, I tried to get him to kind of hurry up. He was helping me set up tables and he threatened to just pack up everything and leave. And so, which threw me for a loop and I didn't know what to do because it would have messed things up. So I just kind of let it slide. But when the tournament started, like his opponent complained. And then after all of this was said and done, his opponent went into the bolt action group on Facebook and said that the guy threatened him. So I ended up be, having to talk to like representatives from like Warlord Games and, and all of this stuff. I didn't see the threatening part. And so I could just tell him like my experience with the dude. But yeah, it was really, really weird. And I did not know what the fuck to do with it. I mean, for one thing, okay, I'm non-confrontational, so I probably should not be running a tournament anyway. Or I, I didn't even have that you know, in my mind, because I thought we were all cool. We were all, you know, we all knew each other more or less. Everybody seemed nice and friendly and blah, blah, blah. And, and so, yeah, but that's not how it ended up. So I didn't know what to do with that. I mean, I mean, golly, uh, it's been a long time guys. It has since I have seen people like rage quit, you know, to get so angry at either, you know, just the rules being enforced, like, you know, the guy said he was trying to cheat, you know, or whatever, because he talked about how he was rolling dice, said he was rolling dice by, like, he was just putting him in his hand and then just slamming his hand down on the ground, all, on the table. Like, you know, you think about it, like, you could technically arrange D6s all with the ones are facing up in your hand and just slam it down on the ground all, on the table and then, like, look, you've got all sixes. So mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do with that. And yeah, and it, yeah, it, yeah, it's not something I want to dip my toe back into. It was really, really weird. And it had been a long time since I've had to deal with that. You know, people would just, uh, trying to roll a certain way or, or whatever, you know, and yeah, or just, I mean, just being a dick, you know, like, okay, your opponent asks you not to do this or, you know, do it this way. So this looks more, you know, legal or whatever and you argue with him and then apparently threaten so i don't know mm. don't know what to do with that man so that sucks i'm sorry that happened <sighs> yeah it was super super fucking weird and yeah and uh yeah but hey we we go forward and uh yeah you guys been watching anything on tv i know righteous gemstones ended and it was fantastic but uh other than that anything new or whatever uh, I've been watching, my wife and I've been watching Ted Lasso, finally, so we're 
but we always watch the stuff that you guys watched last year and like midnight mass <laughs> and it's always sunny i finally started watching that so oh what okay so, where where are you i'm on season it? seven now okay. i'm on season six i think d is right. pregnant okay 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 guys tell me your favorite episodes so far uh i think me, my favorite it's still episode baby for me sorry go ahead i don't think i've seen that one well he is one season ahead of you okay yeah i think my favorite no, episode baby is, is like is like season three I think. oh no i do remember that one yeah i think uh the gang gives back the one where they have to do community service coaching the basketball teams oh <laughs> okay. yes to oh. me that's like that's like the perfect if you want to introduce someone to that show, because you don't need to know any backstory, anything like that. They're not over the top horrible. So you're not going to turn anyone off, but it just shows you like what terrible people they are. So. All right. Did you watch? I I was going to say, did you listen to the podcast of the always sunny podcast where they talk about that episode? No, I haven't heard any of the podcast at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one is fantastic because they talk about, you know, where they got these kids from and, you know, there were actors and stuff like that. And one of them actually spits in Charlie's face, (laughs) you know, and and that was that was like, you know, they that was like a real thing. It was like I had a kid spit in my face and I got paid, you know, whatever (laughs) for this. Yeah. So, so the one I saw today was the um, was it Frank's? Uh, Frank throws a like a like a child beauty pageant. Holy oh shit! <laughs> that one is so fucking good. It is hysterical because it's oh my god the song that he does. He's like, we gotta sing a we gotta yeah. we gotta do a song I'm, about how I'm we totally we don't... not diddling this kid. <laughs> and he goes, Frank. Nothing says like you diddle kids more than you sing a song about you don't diddle kids. Yeah, so uh, Danny Devito is is a gem. I mean, he has he has no shame at all. He's perfect on that show. Oh god! So I did finally see the scene, and it's in the Christmas episode where Frank is hiding in a couch. Oh yes, bust out of the couch totally naked. Yeah, all <laughs> all like lubed up or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh fuck. okay i'm so glad you guys are you know on that and yeah and i wish there was more to say okay i will say like the last season the last episode charlie day should win an emmy you know for like what the, there's a particular scene that you'll eventually see and i was like wow that's so i know really... there's there's like 15 seasons is it still ongoing or is it over? yes yeah okay. no, it's still going okay. it uh they just finished uh the last season a couple months ago okay and yeah they they just do what is it like 10 12 episodes you know yeah Seems like about, they had a little it. bit of, of a hiatus there i think right yes due due to covid more than anything okay yeah. i think but yeah oh damn it's so fucking good uh i have been watching uh raised by wolves started up again and look i don't think you can find a more batshit insane science fiction show on television like literally i watched a lady turn into a tree and then get eating eat eaten by this giant flying uh lizard and i was like holy shit i did not expect that that's crazy so you know just saying you know that's just the way it is so whatever so all right i've been watching the latest season of rick and morty on hulu and I, mm, there's some episodes that have really kind of turned me off. So I don't, I don't know if I'll keep going with that. Um, 
I, I oh, it's a very divisive show for me. I understand that, and in that um, episode, uh, in that season, um, I want to say one of the last ones where he uh, uh, gets back with a bird person um, was very <laughs> moving. It really, really was, oh, yeah. okay. and it, it talked about like you know you're just you know you're going through all this because you feel guilty and eh, it's weird. It's like, I don't want to be one of these fucking neck beards that like, Oh yeah. You know, I idolize Rick, blah, 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 blah. Cause I mean, it's like Bojack Horseman. It's like, it is a definitely flawed character that you should not idolize. And it's a show full of dick jokes and whatnot. That is really funny. And mm-hmm. it's okay to laugh at that. However, there are some beats in the show that really kind of make you think, you know, Bojack Horseman a little bit too, but continue. Uh, You know, it it really makes you think and it for me really make me like, look at myself and things that I've done and, you know, where I am currently and where I've been. And I really, really appreciate that. I mean, uh, Bojack, I fucking love. It is the the most screen accurate portrayal of depression I've ever seen in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's there's so much in there that that fucking horse did that I identified with, you know, and and I was like, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying, yay, he did that. That's he did. You know, that's good. No, it, it's the exact opposite. And, but it made me kind of realize some things like, oh, dang, you know, I did that, too. You know, when he, he behaved this way and this, that and the other, and it caused people to act this way. And I'm like, man, it's really I mean, I, that's just me coming from where I am. It, it made me think a lot. And yeah, so I, I just do with that. I absolutely do not idolize him. But yeah, damn horse made me think. So, there, and I forget where I heard it. There was uh, on Bojack Horseman, somebody quoted a line from there, and this really got to me. He said, "When you go through life wearing rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags." Oh, yep, yep, I remember. Which, like, that's some that's some thoughtful shit for for, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, ah, damn it. Oh, fuck. There's a quote by Todd that um, is that the uh, dog? No, no, no. Todd's the the just the dude. Okay. Uh, the, you know the guy that uh, he you know doesn't he won't kick out of his house basically. Um, and uh, yeah, Todd Chavez or you know whatever. And you know, uh, fuck, I'm gonna dig this up. I'm gonna fucking live <laughs> live Google this because it's one of the but one anyway. of the one of the best fucking like quotes like ever. Um. And uh, I, it really like struck me to like my core with it. All right, all right, yes. See, do I have it? Fuck, uh, I think I have it here. Uh, the actual quote. Where is it? Ah, oh, fuck you. I'm not gonna play a fucking YouTube video. Just show me. <laughs> you know. Just okay. Here you internet. All right, so here's the quote is, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about yourself like that makes it okay. You need to be better, Bojack. Just stop. You are all the things that are wrong with you. It's not the alcohol or the drugs or any of the shitty things that happened to you in your career or when you were a kid. It's you, okay? It's you. Fuck, man. What else is there to say? And just like, 
boom. I'm, I'm like wow. on the fucking floor. I'm like, damn, that is so poignant. I mean, it was to me. I mean, maybe you, you listen to it and it doesn't mean anything to you, but it really struck a chord in me. And I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. this fucking cartoon just like just checked me big time. Yeah. I'm like, shit, yeah. I got to I, I now have to rethink my entire existence. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, okay, so since we're talking about depression and, and all this kind of stuff, I'm just going to lay it out there. I've started doing some some therapy, which um, uh, I had a friend who, who recommended it to me. He said it's made me a better husband, a better leader, a better, a better um, parent, just all kinds of stuff. So uh, I had my first session this past Friday, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being a better person. Look, I'm always going to be a proponent of therapy. I've been in therapy for several years at this point, mm-hmm. and I, I, whenever I leave, if I had a particularly good session, I try to like post about it or whatever on social media, just saying that I did, because it, it's I definitely, especially for men, you know, I want to normalize this. It's like because I mean, like, look, the people that raised us yeah. were were totally fucked, you know, and we don't know what we're doing, and we you know, we kind of throw our damage around on other people too. So it's really, really important to, to try and, you know, Uh, to, to normalize this stuff. Well, you're, you're laying out some truth there for sure, man. I I mean, it's like, yeah. Cause I mean, it took me a while to, to come around to it and I have really, really leaned into it and I, you know, I use it a lot. I mean, it helps me process things through my job. You know, the stuff I'm going through uh, in relationships and, and stuff like that. And it's damn, it's it got to be something you normalize. I think I talked a couple of episodes ago about a guy I game with talked about going to it. And I made a point to seek him out, took him out to lunch and, and to just talk to him. Because being a, a young male, you know, I'm like, it's this is good. This is important, you know, that you go, you realize what's going on with you. And, you know, just how to process it. And it, it should be the the most fucking normal thing. It's okay. And it, it's, yeah, and I cannot say enough good things about it. Now, I will say, now you may go, and it may take you oh, two or three times to find a therapist that fits for you. Sometimes yep. they, and so you shouldn't and, just give up. My, my primary care doc said as much. She said it's kind of like dating. You know, if you know if, if this if this therapist is not the right fit for you, then you just you move on. You swipe left, yeah. right? Swipe right, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, because uh, I mean that's what I had to do before I found the guy I go to, and like he left the place where he was at and went out on his own, and I followed him. I'm like, I'm gonna follow okay. you, you know, just because you, you know, yeah. we've been working on me for a long time. And, you know, uh, getting divorced again, I'm like, shit, dude, we got a lot of work to do, you know, <laughs> over this. I have, I, you know, I've processed some issues, but damn it, I, you know, I've developed some issues out of this. So, you know, it's, we're, we're going to have to talk for quite a while. So, yeah, I mean, it should be normal. You And the other right. thing is like with men, it's like you've got to normalize. You've got a guy friend, you know, it's okay to tell him you love him. It's okay to, you know, to. To, to hug them, you know, all that shit should just be normal and and be okay. Because, yeah. I mean, damn, it's, I know it doesn't seem this way, but, I mean, men have a pretty shitty lot. 
I mean, I know, I, I, sure, absolutely, women have it worse, but I'm, I'm just going to say men have it pretty shitty when it comes to, like, emotional, you know, uh, maturity and, you know, just, and it, and it comes from, like, the generation that raised us, but, you know, whatever. Well, uh, you so, know. okay, so here's here's the thing, then, is it the, the generation that you're raising right now, you're going to fix that, or I'm going to fix that. Yeah, you, you kind of have to think that way. You you kind of have to 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 think like, oh yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that motivated me as a parent was uh, somebody said, uh, I read it somewhere, uh, be the parent you needed as a child. And so I just yeah. jumped. I jumped all over that, you know. And, yeah. and, you know, in, in trying to, you know, to be that, to, to tell my kids, I loved them. You know, I told them more, you know, I, I love them more in the first year of their life than my parents ever did in my entire life, you know? And, you know, it's just shit like that, you know, it, it's just absolutely just trying and, and just realizing the problems that you have, the triggers that you have, the damage that's there and just trying to, to work it out or at the very least learn to work around it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a big, important thing to do. So, yeah. All right. Uh, you know, well, I'm, Adam, I'm just, giving you a hug right now. Yeah, I know. I love you, Roy. <laughs> and you can, you can always text me or call me. We'll talk, but if you call me, I'll think somebody died, but that's okay. Um, yeah. It's it's weird because that's something old people do. Well, thanks, and, brother. Well, yeah, no, yeah. So I uh, I mean, uh, yeah, this this I mean, it is a tabletop podcast, but whatever. I was going to say, in that vein, I should be moving into an apartment this coming week, which is spring break. I'm off, and um, I kind of plan on uh doing more things via YouTube, like uh streaming. You know, I also want to do like less plays. I want to do like reviews and whatnot. I don't know if you guys saw the thing I uploaded to YouTube today uh, was I went to my local anime fest uh, yesterday and uh, I turned uh, look, I'm going there. I'm looking for waifu pillows, you know, because I think those are hysterical. <laughs> I swear to you, I am. I, I think they're fantastic. And uh, they're just so funny because I was Make I was sure it was in their machine washable. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted one, and I was actually if I if I bought one, I was gonna like literally like seat belt it into my car and just like leave it in the passenger <laughs> seat. Uh, anyway, I didn't find one, but what I did find was a vendor that had a shitload of uh, old school role playing stuff, OSR stuff. He had second and third edition D and D. So I bought. Uh, hang on, a, hang on. Third yeah. edition D and D is not OSR. You know, okay. In my I, opinion, I mean that that's probably true. But it, okay, Roy. In my defense, I think I only purchased the the third edition monster manual. The rest of the things I purchased was second edition. And you'll okay. see it. All you'll right. see. You'll see it on the YouTube uh, that I did. Let's see. Actually, I'm flipping through the box now. Technically, okay, yeah. I bought Song and Silence, a guidebook to bards and rogues, and like one other thing besides the Monster Manual that was third edition. The rest of it is is all second, and or maybe first. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's all OSR. So that was really cool. And look, I always want the physical stuff, but when I go and look and see, it's usually people like, oh yeah, I need eighty five dollars for this, you know, players 
manual or whatever. I'm like, fuck that. Because it's collectible. Yeah, uh, but this guy had everything priced at like either twelve or fifteen dollars, and I had this enormous stack, and I was like, uh, "Let me give you ten dollars for each one." And he was like, "Okay." So yeah, I came home. <laughs> it's so fucking weird to go to an anime fest and come home with a big ass thing of second edition D and D. Because, I mean, at the very least, it's like some of the stuff it's like I had and I wanted again. Other stuff was like, uh, you know, I just fucking love the artwork, whatever. I did get a manual of the planes, which is a high dollar item. Oh, and the uh, super racist uh, Oriental Adventures. So uh, from, yeah. from first edition or or is it second? I don't know. I'm looking at it now. It says official advanced Dungeons and Dragons Oriental Adventures. Gary Gygax second edition. I think it oh, is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. a first edition copy of that. I don't know. Is it like, uh, okay, I have a, on the front cover, it's a samurai dude on some kind of magical lion fighting a ninja. I don't, it might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. To yeah. me, it's in the typeface. If you look at the typeface, the first edition stuff is very blocky. It's, it's a sans serif font, as I recall. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and no copy, uh, TSR, uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Oh. On yeah, the back so that's is... first edition. And so... Lake yeah. first edition. And, and, okay, all right, all right guys, all right, you got to follow me this. One of the, one of the things I bought, you know, because I mean, you know, honestly, you buy, at that price, you buy everything, second edition, is the, uh, it's, this is a... The Castle Guide. And I know it's second edition because it says it. It says Advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition. So this is what I want to do in the future to do a less play where uh, I we actually do a, uh, like, I guess using the Castle Guide or whatever, where we roll up characters and then all you do is you become a feudal lord <laughs> where you're you, all you concerned is like crop yields and peasant rebellions that's that's it <laughs> yeah and it becomes like and an economic marriages and and yes and, uh, trade disputes and stuff all right, right. It, it just becomes an economic sim that's all you do <laughs> We're doing a less play with like, ooh, Roy really needs the wheat price to go up. Does he roll well? Oh, no, he did not roll well. So the wheat it was not good. So the Diamo is going to be mad at him. And speaking of like early D&D, um, I was happy to see Lou Zaki um, at uh, CoastCon this year. And my friend goes, the oh, nice guy, right? yes, yes, the guy, the okay. guy who invented the D100, and I bought one from him. And uh-huh. um, uh, my friend was like, oh, Colonel Zaki. And he, and he goes, you know, they promoted me to Brigadier. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, odd flex, but I guess that's what you should do, I guess. So, yeah, technically he's General Zaki nowadays. So just night. I mean, he's a guy that's been involved in, you know, the early days of role playing for a long time. He authored a lot of cool stuff and yeah, just really cool to to see the dude. And he's still alive. He, and his look, one of his biggest things is he's an amateur magician. So like in order to talk to him and, you know, right there, he was he showed us a magic trick. And yeah, so just anyway, whatever. So, uh, Roy, what have you been playing? 
Oh, what have I been playing? So I've been playing a game called Imperial Settlers, which I believe I've talked about before. Uh, it's a card-driven uh, game where you're, you play a different... There's, so there's... In the base game, there's four different factions. There's the Romans, there's the Barbarians, so the Japanese, and the Egyptians. And uh, you have a faction deck that you're pulling cards from, and then you have a common deck that you're pulling cards from. And so, like, to uh, you're collecting resources every round. It plays over five rounds. And so you collect uh, resources to, to lay a card down, and you can lay it on your if – you, if it's a faction card, you lay it on the faction side. If it's a common card, you can lay it on the common side. And so each round, uh, a building will provide a feature, which is a, kind of an ongoing thing every turn, uh, or it will provide something that you can do you can do as an action. So if you, if you have an action card, you have to like, it'll say, play a meeple on this card to get two wood. And so you lay a meeple on there and you get two wood and that's the action for that round. Um, but then some of them are production where it will give you the same amount of material every round. And so use that material to build other buildings, build, lay down other cards. Um, occasionally, you can do what's called a raise, that's R-A-Z-E, where you're taking a card from your hand and you're going to get rid of it for um, the essentially the building materials that it takes to build it. So instead of building it, you're going to you're going to burn it down for you know the the stone and wood that it takes to to build it. Or you can raise cards from other people's tableau, and so it's a point building game. So you're, you kind of build up this engine that you use to turn into points, you know, and all these games are more or less standard in that you're, you're accumulating points by spending resources and stuff. Uh, but uh, Imperial Settlers plays over five rounds. Um, it's kind of mildly interactive with other players. Um, it's really more of a, I guess it's mostly parallel solitaire, if you follow me. And how it plays. Um, so I played. A, it was a couple of weeks ago. I played that. Um, and then this past weekend, I played a game of Partition. And that's a, I believe it's a Mayfair game. I'm not sure about that. Uh, where it's the um, the uh, various cities in Italy. You're building towers. So this is more kind of an area control thing. It's a very it's a very finicky game. So if somebody messes up their turn, it can break the game. Um, but it's you're building towers, and it kind of it falls into the realm a little bit of a I guess I would, what I would call a cafe game or a coffee shop game that we talked about. Yeah. So you you build up towers, and if you have the most uh, pieces of a tower, when it goes to score, you get the points for that. And if you're tied, whoever's on top has the higher or gets the higher value. Um, so it's card driven. So you lay a card down, you put a, a piece on, um, one or two pieces on the city that it says, and then you pick up the cards next to that city. So the board has, I believe five or six, maybe even more cities on it where you're building towers. Um, so eventually every card will be played and every tower will be scored. Uh, and so there's also another component where you, some of the cards have, have faces on them. And so if you collect three of a kind of faces, then you collect six points for that. Um, so that's Patrician that I played uh, recently. And then uh, we borrowed from our, our SLGS library a game called Azul Stained Glasses Centra. 
this is a um, it's a sequel to the regular Azul, Azul, which I did not care for when it came out. Um, the um, same glasses, same glasses, Sintra is kind of the same sort of tile laying game where you're. Um, I believe it's uh, you have maybe eight columns of places where you're putting stained glass down. So you draw tokens out of a bag, and um, every turn you place one of any color on there of ones that are available and trying to fill up the columns. And then once the column fills up, then it scores. And um, you flip it, and then there's another side, and you can fill that up and score it. And then if you if you score it a second time, then it comes off of your board. Uh, so it's a, um, again, it's another point collecting game, and that's Azul Stained Glass of Centra. The, uh, the pieces are kind of nice, and they look like little stained glass tiles, it's, or they kind of look like cough drops, actually. Um, Forbidden so that, cough drops. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and it's, have you guys played Azul? I have. Yes, the, the Richard ones. and I actually played that. Yeah. At, oh, right. at, uh, at FedoraCon. <laughs> Fedora. <laughs> I, you know, and I really did not especially care for for the the regular Azul. Um, and I don't know, stained glass of Sintra is kind of. Um, it's not in. I'm I'm not in a hurry to own it. Um, my wife liked it better than the regular Azul. Um, but it was okay. And then I played uh, Ecos First Continent, and this is a. It's so the the box text on the on the uh, instructions say, you know, what if the you know the um, the geologic forces that kind of created the first continent. What if you could control those? So each player plays an entity that kind of is driving the 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 shape of of various continent or of the continent that you're building so the um you can start with various maps and then it kind of things kind of organically change based on whatever cards you're playing so if you have a card and you get enough tokens to make it go it'll say place a water token and place a water animal on it and then maybe later um there will be another uh card that'll say place a mountain and when you place a mountain place a gorilla on it and if this mountain is not next to any other mountains then score this many points um so that's a that's eco's first continent from uh it's alderac entertainment games aeg uh, and then finally the last game that i played was takanoko are you guys familiar with takanoko with the pandas uh-huh i played that at dice Terracon too oh all right wait what it's, what kind of pandas it's kind of a little cartoony panda. Okay. So you have the panda and the gardener, and this is another kind of a, a map-making game where you you draw, they're hex tiles, so like if you draw a, you of the three cards that you draw, there's, was it green, yellow, and pink? And so you have gold tiles that you're trying to, to make. So like if I can, if I have, let's say, three pink tiles that are all connected to each other, and irrigated then i can lay that card down and score points for that but then you have the panda and the panda will say um go to a hex and eat a section of bamboo and that goes in the panda's belly so once you have like one of the cards i had was if you have a pink green and yellow bamboo in the panda's belly 
then you can score this card. Um, and then there's the gardener cards where it says, uh, if I can make like three stands of bamboo, they're each two sections high, it's worth this many points. So if you're building a map and you're trying to, to kind of finagle the, um, the map to look like the cards that you have in your hand so you can lay them down. The, um, the little panda figures are cute. And there's, so there's a panda and the gardener in, are there and they uh, move around the board and they either grow panda or they eat or grow, sorry, grow bamboo or eat bamboo. So that's uh, Takanoko. So that's what I've been playing. Grow Panda. I like that. <laughs> so uh, about a month ago, I had a Saga tournament at my FLGS for a for my birthday, and it worked out really well. There were no angry people or anything, and yeah, promoted the Siege of Vicksburg, <laughs> gave out some cool uh, drinking horns. Yeah, because we've talked about um, this. What is it? Is it Vikings on Netflix? Shit. Oh yeah. The, that's the comedy, one, the, right? The one that's the comedy, yeah. But the you know Okay, yeah. yep. About the shitting the shitting log is based on trust. Yeah. Anyway, so it was great. I've gotten into the collectible card game Flesh and Blood, which is it lets me be like, you know, I feel like I'm cool because it's not magic the gathering. And uh, I successfully GM'd a traveler one shot on Fantasy Grounds. I've had some kids that wanted to get into 40k, but don't have a four-hour commitment, so we're going to try Kill Team. And past that, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West, which is a fantastic uh, game and sequel to another fantastic game. And I thought about, for an MMO, playing Final Fantasy fourteen, but, you know, we'll see how that goes you know i have attention deficit disorder so i jump around for different things oh yeah and i guess i have been playing in a blood bowl league in fact that's what i was doing today and uh yeah you know joining a league is a lot of fun because it kind of quote unquote forces you to you know play a game like you know you have to play one game a week so you know no excuses you kind of get up and you do and yeah so been a lot of fun. Blood Bowl's a great game. I mean, if you guys wanted to try it out, I would highly suggest uh, the video game. It plays exactly like the tabletop game, and if you like that, it is well worth it to play um, the tabletop game. And I absolutely promise you, no matter where you live, there are Blood Bowl players in your area. So, so there you go. So, uh, Rich, what have you been playing? You know, it's funny. I have not played anything at all, like actually on cardboard on the table. Everything I've played in the last month or probably six weeks has been electronically. So I have been playing some games on Board Game Arena. I've been playing A Feast for Odin, Gaia Project, and also Space Empires 4X. Uh, the first two we've talked about on here before, but Space Empires 4X is a GMT game. It's a, it's It's a really simple map. It's just, you know, black hexes and... Um, it's hard to know exactly what it looks like on the cardboard because I've only played it electronically. But basically, you can have, I guess, up to four different players, and you each start in a quadrant, and you, you it's a space game. You send out your, your scouts to try to locate other planets you can colonize, and you build bigger shipyards and bigger and better ships and fleets. And eventually, you just, you know, send your guys over to 
the other guys guys and and kill all the ships and destroy his planets and everything uh it's it's a pretty fun game though and it's 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 a lot deeper than I guess I thought it was going to be. I went into it, you know, it was on BGA and a friend invited me to play. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll play. And I was literally just like clicking on things. I'm like, oh, there's actually a lot of decisions to make in this. You've got to decide, you know, when to upgrade your shipyards and how to, uh, there's different technologies so your ships can get better attack and better defense and better speed and all that. But it's probably actually better to play it on the computer because if you play it on cardboard, when you buy a new technology, all of your ships don't immediately get it. Only the future ships get it. So you might have three ships and they're all scouts, but they all have different attack and defense and, and speed values depending on when and where they were built and everything. And so there's, there's a lot to keep track of, but on BGA, it does it all for you. And seems like it's a, pretty good implementation now i was gonna say oh sorry go ahead uh well i I was gonna say that like um i even i have played that and really really enjoy it i love 4x games like on you know i think of more as video games like uh gosh there's a hundred that civilization or something like that yeah yeah Yeah. and so like yeah i really really liked it and my friend chris had it and the expansions and we played it and yeah it's really simple and it it is a hell of a lot of fun you know to go and it, it could get really deep with the technology trees and whatnot but yeah I, yeah that's what i've played right. so i have to speak up when that happens because it happens so rarely what's going to happen when uh, twilight imperium gets to bga oh i know that's gonna be insane i will uh, basically so I've basically always have a game of here I stand going right now. The current one got bogged down because a guy left in the middle of the game. Um, but if Twilight Imperium has a good implementation online, I could see myself pretty much always having a game of that going as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about board game arena. So I pretty much only play that on my phone. Yeah. Which so like I'm I'm in the middle of a feast for Odin game right now and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. It just is not. <laughs> it's a terrible implement for mobile. Yeah, and I do not play it on my phone at all. I only play it on my computer. Okay. So. Yeah. So I mean, there's some of the some of the yeah. the, the I can mobile imagine implements that'd be tough. on BGA even on the are, computer are with feast for Odin. Like if you have, if you have an island, sometimes it's a little difficult to get your goods onto the island. You have to like sometimes maybe put them at the top of the island and then scroll down and then move them down to where you want them and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, even, even on the computer, I can't imagine playing that one on the phone. Yeah. I, I don't think that I will engage in, uh, another, yeah. uh, iPhone version of, of Feast for Odin. Yeah. Um, the other games I've been playing on Vassal. So we've been playing, um, the historical ASL. We picked that back up. We're playing Hatton and Flames, which is, a uh, a 1945 battle between the Americans and the French and I'm sorry, the Americans and the Germans in France. Um, and it's historical ASL. So it's, it's a whole campaign where you, you play a, a full game and then you get to buy, you know, reinforcements and you keep your battle lines and all that. And you play over the course of five or six games and we're like two turns into the first game. So it's going to take forever, but I love <laughs> historical ASL. And then the other game I'm playing, I don't even have yet. I'm, I think I'm finally going to get it from GMT tomorrow, but it's uh, GMT's new uh, re-implementation of Vietnam 1965 to 1975. I had the old version of it, and I ordered the new version of it with P500, 
Uh, everybody else is posting their pictures on Twitter and making me jealous, but mine is supposed to be here tomorrow. I got sick of waiting, so I just started playing it on Fossil. <laughs> so we're we're just going through the scenarios and we're learning how to play it. It's so good. I mean, it's just it's it's a we're we're not even playing the operational game yet, where you know you have politics and um, trying to pacify the citizens and all that. We're just playing some of the early battle scenarios, but even then, it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, and yeah, Hatton and Flames. That's always a funny name to me, but yeah. Anyway, uh, you know what wouldn't set a hat on fire? That would be Mike at Ulster Dimension. <laughs> he will never set your hat we on do fire. Segways. Yes, and he could 3D print you a Segway, too. It could be a thing and, you know, if you have the SDL files. So go to alterdementia.com and will be linked in the show notes because it's a weird way to spell. And the discount code is always COG2019. So Dagum, he's been sponsoring this podcast for like three years now. Nice guy. So, so. I'm looking on the Alter Dementia website and the with the February 2021 sci-fi mini subscription models, there is a, was it a hippopotamus maybe? <laughs> it's a, it's a, a anthropomorphic hippopotamus with a hammer. Because <laughs> he means business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you thought yeah. regular hippopotami were uh, were you know would kick your ass. This one's gonna like yeah bash your brains open with a hammer. Uh, that does remind me, one of my favorite um, comic series is Hip Flask. That's the the name okay. of it. And it's about like it's you know kind of a near future sort of thing. And uh, for whatever reason, there's this basically mad scientist over in Africa is he makes anthropomorphic uh, 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 animals, people, whatever, in order to make like soldiers. And so like hip flask and that's the kind of like the main character is like a detective and he you know exists in this particular world you know so just you know it's just mm -hmm. interesting just always reminds me of that so there you go all right so on to what's on your radar and the first thing we have is VengerCon 2022 and uh on, on one hand, Venger, I always think of uh, he was the bad guy yep. in the D&D cartoon. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. With his just one horn yep. thing. And on the other hand, uh, this guy, uh, whatever his name is, um, he. OK, you know how like OSR kind of prides itself on being accepting, you know, and, and whatever you know, and, and being conscious of, you know, the things they say. And, is it and red what, on the woke list? It, you know, and, oh, well, th uh, <laughs> this guy is, is, yeah, I mean, generally OSR is is big on the, the woke list, but this guy is not. And he's the guy that writes uh, Chalt or whatever, the that particular uh, uh, RPG. And so... Uh, he feels kind of ostracized from the OSR community because they have called him out on things that he said and whatnot. And so he's doing his own con to own the libs, I guess, or whatever. So, and that's what this is, VengerCon 2022. So, 
there you go. Uh, the next thing, um, have you guys ever heard of Fragged Empire? Like it, it's it's kind of think kind so. Of, it's kind of an older RPG. It seems like I swear I remember it being like the first edition being in the late nineties, but I could be wrong. And you know, here I am like trying to like look it up. It's I mean it's a post apocalyptic RPG and let's see i'm looking on drive through to kind of see when it came out originally uh it doesn't say so uh fuck me i guess so you can buy yeah the core rule book on drive through rpg for the first edition uh you could buy a digital copy for 350 and so there is a second edition coming out for it and uh yeah i mean i guess i kind of what made me think of this was the old fragged CCG that came out. Uh, that was kind of like a, you know, you were playing basically Doom or Quake in a collectible card game form. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's this second edition. As of this podcast, they wanted a measly 43 grand to some change. And with 17 days left to go, they have amassed $126,000. So there you well, go. So three times over. Yep. Let's see. Right. It is Australian. So your money goes a little, about 20% further. You can get a PDF for about uh, 20 bucks. Oh, oh yeah, let's let's scroll all the way down. Anything crazy? All right, like yeah, the big the RPG, crazy. the RPG patron is about two hundred and eighty bucks. You get your name included. You get a physical rule book, setting guide, location guide, eat cake adventure, magician's choice adventure, physical archetype supplement, three d six, and you get PDFs of all that as well. So all that for three d six. Uh, that's what it like says. It says three D six. Yeah, three whole dice six. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. In case you didn't have any, I'm you know. Right. Yeah. People often don't. All right. Uh the next thing we had was this is GMO Wars starter set, and I know it's a weird name, but basically modified organism. I guess basically what this is, this is the this is Star Wars Legion, the Clone Wars in uh, six millimeter. It literally says that in the description, it says the starter set of Star Wars Legion Clone Wars in six millimeter scale. So if you wanted to play Legion, if you had a 3D printer and wanted to play it in six millimeter, hmm. which I mean, would I be... kind of do that sounds fun, actually. I, I know. I agree. I agree 100 percent. And so. Uh, okay, and thinking about it, okay, so if 28 millimeter Legion is played on what a is it three by six? It's either three by three or three by six, depending on whether you're playing skirmish or full. Okay, so let's say full. So you play it on a three by six. So that's 28 millimeters. So if we want to drop that size down by two thirds, so that would turn our play area into one by two. <laughs> that's crazy is, is that right did i do my I, math correctly i i guess so yeah but that's a that's a weird thought <laughs> so i mean look i dig it i mean i really do i love small scale stuff that we you know because you could sit this down like on any size table on like a one by two map it's like all right let's play legion and you i mean honestly at six millimeter 
if these were individually based, you would probably need tweezers to like pick up individual guys and move. And yeah, I just well, think it's cool. I think the goal here is to like play a gigantic battlefield, right? Yeah, it always is, but I never think about that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to play a regular game just on a small scale, not like you know, play like, oh, let's do thirty thousand points of Legion on a uh-huh. three three by six uh thing. Uh, that's just me. Well, I do want to point out that it says a resin printer is highly recommended on these miniatures, which is kind of varsity level three D printing. I know, fucking bastards. Okay. They're like, eh, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah. We can't have you scum that just have a regular old, you know, element printer. You know, just right. plastic. Yeah. What so is this that? is this is Mystic Soup three uh, D printing. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, I hate those dudes. They're all like, eh, nah, you, you got to do that. You can't have plastic. <laughs> this has got to be resin. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, it's a six millimeter. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, all right. So uh, the next thing, are you guys familiar with um, Tolarian? Uh, damn it. I fucked this up. Uh, Tolarian, I want to say junior college. T- Tolarian Community College. No. Okay. There is a, a YouTube personality, the professor. He looks to honestly be about my age, and you know, he except he has all his hair, and uh, he does Magic the Gathering. You know, he or and a lot of other collectible card games. You know, he talks about it. He does videos, makes jokes. It's really, really popular. Anyway, so this is his Kickstarter for his version of a. Uh, thing that carries your cards around this is the academic 133 xl and it will go live as of this podcast in a couple of days so by the time you hear this uh you click the link in the show notes it'll probably be live and uh yeah so i mean i really like his videos and i don't honestly play magic much but uh i really appreciate like the things he says you know and and stuff like that and so he's probably i would argue that he is magic the gathering's biggest influencer quote unquote so yeah he decided to do kind of a deck box type thing so you know anyway i'm just gonna toss it on here all right uh so there's a new star wars villainous board game you guys have actually played villainous right that's the disney i haven't but roy's played it a lot okay yeah so uh yeah star wars villainous so we have uh the disney villainous with uh maleficent with um oh prince or yeah prince john there's a whole series of expansions for there too um then there's the marvel villainous and now eventually we're going to have star wars villainous so you can play Darth Vader, Moth, Moth Gideon, and um, a bunch of the other, you know, bad guys from the Star Wars uh, universe and villainous. So each, it, it, thinking about just kind of the regular Disney villainous, each villain has a goal that they're trying to attain. Um, and so as I recall in reading this, I believe Darth Vader is trying to, well, here, let's go with... Um, uh, General he's, try, uh, he's trying to eliminate sand. <laughs> he hates the, it. It gets everywhere. He, I, I hate it. So, General. <laughs> so, as I recall, General Grievous is trying to collect lightsabers. So that's kind of his win condition. So if he gets all the lightsabers, then he wins. 
um, but you can play heroes against him, and that would, of course, be Obi-Wan Kenobi. It'd be Anakin. Uh, and um, so other other villains are going to play those hero cards against him to kind of keep him and, and keep him from attaining his goals. So it's sort of the same gameplay, I think, is what it's going to be as the regular villainous game and the Marvel villainous. There will not be cross-compatible. So you're not going to be able to, to put uh, Darth Vader against Ursula, which I think would be awesome, but not going to be a thing. Okay, um, for that for that you have to do like the the Funko game, so you can have like Rose from the Golden Girls fight Darth Vader. Oh yeah, that's, that yeah, that's what you need. Which incidentally, speaking of uh, the uh, the Funko Pop game, we have the um, what is it, uh, Alice in Wonderland versus the Queen of Hearts, which you, where you play. Uh, you play croquet, but okay. that's not about this. Uh, yeah, that's a side thing we're talking All about. All right, so if I if my setup was good, and it's getting there, guys, probably the next podcast we record, I'll be back to normal in my apartment and all that. I could play Owner of a Lonely Heart. Who, do, who does that song? Is it Yes? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes, yes, correct. Okay, yes. All right, Owner of a Lonely Heart. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Star Wars Villainous is coming out, and I'm not sure when, but look for it. You might dig it. Uh, it does remind me, in, in wanting to do like more content and stuff like that, especially like YouTube, because um, that's like, I get really mad when I see like shitty people and things that people do on YouTube and look and they're like, they have 50,000 subscribers. What the hell? They're garbage. You know, that makes me mad. And I'm like, okay, so it makes me want to do whatever. So I, there is a guy locally that is like a huge, huge board gamer of the non war game variety. Sad. um, crying. Um, So I wanted to do like, talked about, him doing doing stuff with him like uh teach me whatever like i give him a board game and he has like a week to learn it and then like we'll do a youtube video of him trying to teach me like how to do it so i would kind of like to do you know stuff like that you know mm-hmm. I thought folks might like it anyway whatever so uh all right continuing in our star wars theme we have atomic mass games previews the shadow collective for star wars legion and yeah, new faction for Star Wars Legion. I I really hate that uh, Legion has. I'm not gonna say died. I'll say died down, like locally. I mean, I I'm not that I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. I'm a much bigger fan of Star Trek, but um. I like the guys I used to play with, you know, I really enjoyed going to Legion tournaments because some of the guys, that's like the only game they played. And I haven't seen them in a long time. And it's kind of because like the guy who was running things and this just kind of goes to show you, like if you're a shop owner or, you know, just a gamer, it's like a single person can be the driving force behind you know 20 30 people playing something and when they quit or they get mad or you know whatever it it can really affect if you're a store owner it can affect your bottom line Mm -hmm. and uh that that's what happened locally it's it's our local guy who who has been like the guy for legion from the get-go 
it just kind of fell out of love with it. It's just like, eh, I don't, you know, he's like, no. he's on, he's on to other stuff. So, you know, he doesn't care anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're a store owner, I would argue that it's on you to kind of pursue him and like, you know, help him, whatever, you know, to, to continue doing this stuff because it affects your bottom line. So, Mm-hmm. Eh, just you know, just what you know. I was I was thinking of, but I mean, this is kind of cool. This is uh, I've seen people complain that they wish, it, you know, it was other than Maul doing the you know being mercenaries with this one. But yeah, well, it, it is cool to have another. I would character. imagine that they'll they'll do a you know they'll do an edit on like Bosk and and Boba Fett and make them recruitable into this faction. I guess one one would hope, you know, and uh, yeah. I don't oh. know the more well enough to know if maybe the Wookiees would be involved in in the Shadow Collective also or not. Richard said his computer crashed. I got a text, oh. so we we could talk about him, and he can't defend himself. Richard, what do you think about this? And he's like, you know, okay, if you're Richard, if you agree with what I'm saying, don't say it, don't say anything. And he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he said that's become a, an issue with him lately with his computer. Yeah. Ah, mm. uh, I guess we'll slowly make it to the next thing. Um, Coven is something on Kickstarter. It's a 28 millimeter, quote unquote, dark fantasy skirmish game, and it's coming from the same guys who do um. Ah, shit. Uh, what is it? It's like uh, foot sore miniatures. So they b- normally do um, historical type stuff. And um, it was Andy Hobday, the guy that uh, did the uh, the rules for it. And so this is a dark fantasy skirmish game, which kind of sounds cool. I will probably end up backing this, but I kind of want to like read more into it because i don't understand it's like you uh there seems to be like you can get the rule book and there's just like seven figures that will like be like part of your uh leaders or whatever and so like i'm scrolling down through like and there's like titties in this game too although they're not on anything that you would want to see titties on it's but yes there are titties (laughs) So, I mean, I kind of respect that. All the Vedma metal figures, you'll receive above uh, stretch goals and all this. So, yeah, you get the twins who have their tits out for whatever reason. Or you could get them in resin. Metal is 50 pounds. Resin is 100. I don't know. I don't really understand how this game plays. I kind of want to read more into it. And, um, yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, although, okay, looking at so like some of the upgrades, I get a little annoyed. Okay, guys, all right, if you're gonna run a Kickstarter, I don't want to one of the Kickstarter upgrades to be quality paper, improve the quality of the paper. I don't give a shit about that. So I mean, you could print it on toilet paper for all I you know care, as long as it's cheap. So. Yeah, it, that's not a stretch goal. That's not. It, extra figures, extra stuff, you know, whatever. Improving the quality of things you were already giving me 
is not a stretch goal. That's just how I feel. So I don't know. So I'm I'm reading through here. It says uh, 15 to 25 figures of equal point value per side, led by a Vedma, a powerful old crone who can wield magic as if taking a breath. So it's um, a kind of war machine. Kind of has the the warcaster. Oh, you know, leading good, good the, the war jacks. It's that kind of the same point. sort of thing where you have a general who is kind of the point person there. Um, Accompanying the Vedma are his followers, a sizable bestiary with creatures ranging from 25 millimeter bases through 40 millimeter bases to 60 millimeter bases. Um, alternate actions, draw a token from a blind draw to see what you can activate, so kind of like Legion. Um, yes, I love that using, mechanic. Using D10 dice. Okay. Uh, and the game is won or lost by controlling sway markers on the tabletop in highly narrative scenarios. So it kind of sounds like it's objective-based uh, right. with a campaign mode. Interesting. All right. Yeah, that does... Okay. What I don't get is, like, when you scroll down through, you like, you see all these other beasts, like the Balk, the Asdea, the Cyglav, the Noon Wraith, you know... Why can't I get figures for those? I mean, because it, it's like I'm getting like you're you're giving me like all the the generals, the seven different faction generals, but that's it. It's like I'm not getting like the actual army that they run. I don't know. And I it looks too that. like like fear is going to be a um, uh, a mechanic. So like if you if your characters get too scared, then maybe they'll rout. Okay. Um, so one of the what the key features has a ferrometer. So that's a ferrometer. <laughs> yep, it's part of the gameplay. So uh, is there a is there a crazy uh, Kickstarter level? Uh, oh shit, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I think you can actually get in the game. Uh, well, they had a hundred pound one, which was all the dudes in resin. They had oh, pledge fifteen hundred pounds or more. That's where you put your character in the game. See, guys, so that's about thirty three hundred bucks. Thereabouts. No, not that much. Uh, uh, hold on, let's see, let's see, fifteen hundred pounds to dollars and $2,700. All right. So, okay. Google's Google says 1500 pounds sterling equals $1,956 and 46 cents. So about about two grand. All right. right. So what does two grand get for you? A native of the cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. You get that. Now, see, okay, this is how I, I tell you, the listener, like, look, if you'll just back our Patreon for, it's like literally like 2 $3 a month. If enough of you do it, this is what I would spend your money on. I would do dumb shit like this. Like, uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, we, it's, uh, go spend two grand and you're going to have Captain Chance is going to be in there and he's going to be, you know, this guy. I want to be the witch with the biggest boobs. And yes, that's 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 my thing. Put me in there, please. But yeah. Okay. Well, here let me let me throw out a. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm workshopping it here. 
Sure. So for every dollar that somebody kickstarts, you get one one entry into the drawing to like get to two thousand to get to fifteen hundred pounds. And then whoever, you know, if 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 we got um, you know, fifteen hundred pounds worth of, of, of Kickstarter or of, of Patreons, then you uh will have a drawing and whoever, you know, wins will get to um, claim the name and everything. Yeah, honestly, that's probably what I should do is like just pass it off to that. It's like, you know, I, you know, you know, spend the fifteen hundred bucks and then I randomly draw. So, somebody. so we'll crowdsource it and then yes, give yes. it away to whoever went, whoever yes. wins the drawing. Yeah, that makes that makes better sense, and you know that way, you know, I it, I seem cooler and you know and all this. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right. Although you can make your your Vedma the the triple breasted whore of erotic <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Okay, that does remind me. Uh, I recently ran into another person who plays um, Kingdom Death. We haven't talked about okay. that in a, in a long time. Um, and they have some pretty fucking crazy fucking figures. The, the, like one of there's like a tree that is like a tree of boobs. And uh, and look, I'll try. I'll try to find it. Link it in the show notes. It's like I swear. I swear to God, it it is like a tree that is made out of boobs. It's it's called the something mother or or something like you that. You have my attention. And, and yeah, because it, it's an adult board game is how is how they do it. And so there's like four or five people uh, locally that play it. I remember seeing it Gen Con. It's a boutique game, so. You think Games Workshop charges a bunch of money? It's like you should see like what Kingdom Death charges, and uh, you know what people say is like it's actually a really good game. Period. You know, it's it's sort of a dungeon crawler, but yes, it's the the monsters and shit are all like really adult, naked, and scary. And yeah, so and okay, there's so there's a, is it the the Lonely Tree? Let's no. Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death Lonely Tree. No, 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 no. It, it's something Mother, I thought. Um, I gotta but, see a picture now. Yeah, I know. I've hyped it up. I I know. It's it's like, yeah, and I see like all these, uh, yeah, you just Google it. It's like, it, that's the thing is there's like all these naked pregnant yeah oh shit it's the wet nurse kingdom death wet nurse google that shit at your own discretion yeah it's yeah okay it's not so much a tree as this weird beast but yeah it's fucking crazy (laughs) really gross i love the uh the the picture from the bell of lost souls with a little black bar over every nipple (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some guy worked really hard to do that so uh so yeah i mean uh, i don't know how we got on that but yeah there's really yes there's crazy shit out there uh, why the hell not yeah i know it's, it's what we talk about you're not gonna hear anything about a tree of boobs over on uh what is it history on the table not gonna talk about trees of boobs boobs that <laughs> yeah trees of boobs trees on, that have boobs come on man. yeah i know come on Surely there's some boobs in Vietnam or something. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, the next thing was uh, 
And I was really surprised to see this, but I shouldn't be. Frosthaven, the sequel to Gloomhaven, the highly anticipated sequel to Gloomhaven, is going to have an MSRP of $250 dues. So. Thanks. Uh, shit. Uh, I mean, like, I don't have this linked in the show notes. This is a Reddit discussion. And the first, you know, uh, comment on it is with a deep sale, it would still be higher than 150 bucks. So, you know, okay. So a lot of people are like, well, you know, that prices me out because if I have to import it because I live in not America, it would be like $350, $400. So I don't know, man. It's, I feel like at 250, I, yeah, you'd probably see it on sale. Like super sale. You might as well just play advanced squad leader. At at like $150, but damn. So, I mean, I can't even imagine like what this was. All right. If that, if that's MSRP, then the Kickstarter had to be 300. I would think, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it it was. I think they said that they're going to honor their original price. I think it was more like, you know, maybe 160, something like that. Okay. So if you got in on the Kickstarter, you you have an investment in your hand now. That's you know, true. It, but, but I can I can totally understand why with, you know, price price of raw materials going up plus they're adding a bunch more material. So part of it is is uh, you know, the raw materials for putting it together. And then they're going to add that much more content. I can, I can see it. So, like, if you're really into Frosthaven, I'm or into Gloomhaven, I'm sure that eventually, and didn't back it, you'll probably, you know, drop 250 bucks on it. Now, uh, it ain't going to be me. Okay, I, I will say that. Um, I, I mean, stuff does go on sale. I, I mean, even recently, like, all right, remember when HeroQuest was a big Kickstarter? I think you, I think the the final price on it was you were, was it like 150 bucks or whatever? It just went on sale, and I fucking bought it for 85 dollars off Amazon. So I mm-hmm. mean, it it can absolutely, you know, go on sale. So uh, that's that's certainly possible. So, uh, I'm, I, but this is, I, and we've talked about it on this podcast several times. Uh, Gloomhaven has dropped below a hundred bucks to be like $75, $80. So, I, I mean, so my wife gave it to me for Christmas, and I, I have not asked her how much she paid for it, but I think it was probably something like that. Now, see, I want to, I'd like to play it. I've seen it played though, and man, it has a lot of stuff. A lot of fiddly bits, and I think I did buy the Steam version, but have it played. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, the next thing we have is Modifius announced a limited edition version of the Dune RPG rulebook, and <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the price on this bad boy. Uh, okay, it's a web store exclusive. There's only a hundred and fifty of these guys, you know, that's just going to be made. Period. Brace yourself. Yeah. Um, 
I do. Uh, yeah, I have to actually go get into the U.S. store because I'm out on the uh, Great Britain. Store. And whatever price you think it's going to be, listeners, All right. you're not not high enough. So, uh, yeah, five hundred and fifty pounds, which, uh, OK, it's not even available in the U.S. store. So it is seven hundred and eighteen dollars for this. OK, it's I sold out, it says, too. Is it? Fuck me. All right. Oh, OK, I mean, yeah. I, get, I, I honestly, I, I get that. It, it really surprised me, like going to Gen Con for the first time because they sell like those uh, VIP passes and stuff that are like a ridiculous amount of money. And just the fact that there are geeks out there that are wealthy. I mean, like apparently super fucking wealthy that could be like, you know what? Daggum, Dune makes my dick hard, man. So I am going to, you know, buy this. You know, what the fuck it what the fuck is like eight hundred dollars to me? You know, I'm I'm gonna get this. I mean, honestly though, at that at that level, that's where I start talking about like the guy that wrote the rule book has to hand deliver it to me, autograph it, and then <laughs> and spend like eight weeks, you know, hanging out with me, teaching me how to play the game. That's that's yeah. just what I think. So but uh yeah, so anyway. Uh continuing on yeah. Continuing on with Modifius is they are getting out of Mutant Chronicles and they are throwing everything at half off. So anything that you might have wanted to, you know, purchase or or whatever. I know I actually I did a uh, I think it was a humble bundle. So I like I have most of the stuff in PDF and I have like the physical rule book and some other stuff. I got as well. Like you can get every single Mutant Chronicles uh, PDF for like $67. And that is literally a shitload of them. Um, I know like, I mean, this isn't like an old role-playing game. Cause I remember this like back in the nineties and it's, it's been an old IP because I know they even made it into a movie called, let's see, Mutant, Chronicles IMDB because I swear oh yeah in 2008 they uh made this and I, I liked the movie it had Ron Perlman and a uh John Malkovich of all people and a couple other people you might recognize uh Thomas Jane although you know him now you did not know him then um so has the people you recognize and uh yeah it was pretty cool i mean it's very post-apocalyptic and it's also futuristic so i uh you know other than that i don't know quite where it originated from if it was a uh, it was a pen and paper rpg apparently from like 1993 and it's been like a collectible card game it was a miniature game and damn i want to say this is where, yeah, okay. This is like where Doom Trooper came from. Oh yeah, this is where Warzone came from. Like I remember people playing that were would not play 40k, but they would play Warzone. This other game, it was more like a skirmish game and and stuff like that. So anyway, 
I like the background, find it fascinating. I like the fact that I have all this shit, you know, in PDF that doesn't take up space in my bookshelf. And uh, yeah, so you can uh, get the PDF. Dang, I'm actually looking through it and it looks like uh, they don't actually have many physical books left. Unless you want to order, oh no, you can't even get the physical book lovers thing. It's it's sold out. So there you go. Anyway, just gonna bring that to your attention. Um, let's see, is it the last thing we have? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Now more than ever, we need to be strong. UK board game publishers, creators, and stores rally in wake of Russian invasion. That is really weird. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this earlier being very strange for something we're doing. And yeah, uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, video game designers, board game designers and and stuff like that. And yeah, it's 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 all there. And uh, there's a lot of different ways you could support what's going on. And yeah. I know uh, a lot of companies are, you know, doing sales and and whatnot to benefit. And yeah, especially like the since Poland is so close by, a lot of those like 11-bit studios, CD Projekt Red, and and whatnot are doing things to help, you know, benefit the uh, war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So we'll have this linked in the show notes. As well, I know, like, artists, you know, I mean, it's so strange to see, like, you know, there are people that are, quote-unquote, influencers in various geeky hobbies that have had to flee their home. And, you know, and so you see, uh, you know, them posting, like, oh, they were safe or they're missing or, or whatnot. And, yeah, it's just so weird, you know, as kind of, you know, human beings, by and large, I think, are very self-centered and selfish and so this kind of stuff kind of is an eye-opener kind of thing where you know you see this and it makes it more real to see what people are going through so yeah and uh, i hate to say it but yeah eventually this is definitely going to be a a game one day you know in, in the sometime in the near future we're going to to watch the you know to play this we'll have it mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. just so surreal to me but anyway yeah sure so uh yeah i guess that brings us to a close and um uh richard fell by the wayside uh there's no internet in uh st louis missouri for whatever reason and yeah russian yeah. hackers yes could be. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did bring down, what was it, Spotify for like a day and uh, okay. something else that was kind of like a big thing that was like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, big thing in the sense that, you know, a bunch of kids were inconvenienced for about 18 hours. But, yeah, Spotify was like, a big thing. And, yeah, 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 something like that. But, yeah, they got okay. the, they definitely brought down uh, Spotify for a time mm-hmm. period and, and whatnot. So anyway, so there you go. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Richard's okay and he'll be all right. And uh, we'll see him uh, next time. And, yeah, if you haven't followed us, Chance of Gaming on YouTube or and Twitch, 
chance of gaming all one word i really think some more stuff is coming hopefully uh with me so anyway all so right we'll, we'll just say good night well be nice to people and remember that you're a people so be nice to yourself too absolutely good night everybody good night